Hockey Canada making a series of announcements in an open letter to Canadians, including the reopening of a third-party investigation into an alleged sexual assault involving members of the 2018 World Juniors. Hockey Canada quietly settled a lawsuit back in May after a woman claimed she was assaulted by eight players, including members of the 2018 gold medal winning team, at an event in London, Ontario. None of the allegations have been proven in court. But subsequent to that and some testimony in Ottawa, the federal government paused public funding for the national body and a number of companies suspended sponsorships. Now comes this letter that says, among other things, quote, we recognize many of the actions we are taking now should have been taken sooner and faster. Dr. Mac Ross is an assistant professor of kinesiology at Western University who studies human rights in sports. Mac, welcome to the program. What do you make of this letter? Uh, There's some... Obviously, um, a feeling that it, it could have been done earlier, that this should have been an automatic reaction. Um, but there are some things in there that uh, make me hopeful. Uh, one of them was Hockey Canada's admission that changing policy won't necessarily change behavior. I think they said with the, you know, the stroke of a pen, we can change our policies, but it'll take a lot more to change the behavior of our players, of our staff. Um, and uh, of other people within the hockey culture. Um, so that, that's promising. Um, but at the same time, we've heard things like this in sport before, um, and you really hope that this isn't just to appease um, the media and the masses um, and all the folks within hockey that are upset. In terms of the funding, in terms of the sponsorships, is this too little too late? Uh, for, for some sponsors, I think it will be. Um, but, uh, others will certainly come back, I think. Um, but that's, you know, that's a secondary concern, I think for hockey Canada, or at least it should be their primary concern should be, um, what are we going to do about the prevalence of violent behavior within hockey culture? Um, a lot of people don't like when you say, uh, hockey culture has a problem with violence. They say it's not a hockey culture thing, uh, but violent behavior is learned. It's in for eight players to behave that way and to attack a woman like that, or allegedly attack a woman like that, I should say, um, that says a lot more about, uh, prevailing attitudes within hockey, uh, particularly at the highest levels in Canada. And it suggests that you know, that there is something deeper uh, going on, something that is deeply problematic and wrong um, within the hockey culture that needs to be addressed and may take years to address. Do you differentiate hockey culture from sport culture in general? I do. Um, Hockey culture in particular in Canada, um, Hockey players are held uh, up as role models in Canada, whether we like it or not, and whether they want to be or not. Um, So to some degree, uh, they are responsible um, for the continuation of a particular culture within their sport. Um, And hockey is a particularly violent sport uh, when you compare it to other sports across across Canada. Um, So the fact that it's the most popular and arguably one of the most violent, maybe after boxing and MMA, Um, it really sets it up to have a culture that is filled uh, with contradictions and problems. Um, So some some men are going to take to violence uh, more more easily than others. And hockey prioritizes prioritizes violence. Uh, 
um, as, as a means of winning and a means of competing. Um, coaches reward that violence. Uh, fans cheer for that violence. Uh, players look to role models. When I was growing up, um, Marty McSorley and Bob Probert were two of the players that a lot of people of my age uh, really looked up to and respected because they were tough and they, they fought a lot and they stood up for the skilled players. Uh, but that that also has a flip side to it. Uh, when you encourage that level of violence, you have a very serious responsibility to make sure that that doesn't spill out of the sport and, and start to impact other people um, and impact um, bystanders uh, and make sure that everybody understands that it stays on the ice. And if you can't do that, um, then you have to start changing the game. Um, and and there, there is an element here of uh, male domination and making sure um, that a certain type of masculinity is maintained through the National Hockey League, uh, through Hockey Canada. Uh, that doesn't necessarily have to be the case. I mean, we've seen with women's hockey that, that there's virtually no fighting. There's no hitting. Um, they wear full face cages. A lot of the toxic elements of hockey have been removed. And it's still a very skillful and exciting game. Um, so I think everybody has to ask themselves why hockey has to be like this, why we have to maintain this particular version of hockey, even when, you know, in other countries, hockey isn't necessarily like this. At the international level, um, there's less violence. There, there's, there's more emphasis on skill. Um, why, do we have to, why do we have to be like this in Canada? Why does our hockey culture... Uh, have to emphasize violence from really a very young age. There are going to be people who listen to what you just said, who say, look, you know, th this is part of our history. It's part of our culture. It's sacrosanct hockey is, yeah. you know, part of all of that. I mean, how would, how do you respond to that? Well, a lot of that was constructed if we're being honest with ourselves in the 19th century. Um, we don't do a lot of things that we did in the 19th century, whether because they're racist or sexist or classist. Um, and for some reason, we, we hold sport to a different standard where we you can't change the sport. Um, that will somehow fundamentally impact Canadian identity because we're so attached to hockey and this particularly violent version of hockey. Uh, but nobody would argue that, that some of the other things from the 19th century uh, that we developed should stay the same. Um, and to their credit, in the National Hockey League and throughout other leagues in Canada, there has been some, some attention paid to limiting fighting, uh, stopping, checking to the head and things like that. So there has been some recognition that um, the way we're playing hockey is particularly damaging to people. Um, but there's been less attention paid to the social significance of hockey and the impact it has on people um, both within the sport and outside the sport. Uh, so just during the NHL playoffs, we saw several racist incidents um, that, that really shouldn't be a part of the 21st century you know, version of hockey. We shouldn't have to deal with this anymore. Uh, but because it's hockey, it almost gets swept, swept away um, as you know, part of competition, the heat of the moment, all that kind of nonsense. Mac, it's some fascinating stuff. We could talk a lot longer about it. I hope we can someday. I hope you come back. Uh, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Dr. Mac Ross, Assistant Professor of Kinesiology at Western University, who studies human rights and sports.